Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go in our Bibles to uh, 2 Peter chapter 2. I said 2 Peter chapter 2. Let's go there. You know, we uh, have been in a series, and I... I, uh, I just, I really actually, you know, just preached this some years ago, but I really you know, felt the Lord said, I want you to go back, I want you to re-preach that. Of course, I preached a little different this time than last time, but just talking about how, about surviving the end times. Because there's going to be a lot, there's going to be people that don't survive. The Bible tells us that, that, that some will depart from the faith and there would be a falling away. Uh, but God not only wants us to survive it, but He wants us to thrive in the midst of it. And so, you know, I'll just refresh your memory a little bit. We talked the first time about how don't let the devil steal your peace. Don't let all that's going on steal your peace. Hang on to your peace in these last days. Then we talked about, you know, offense, how it seemed like everybody is offended in the world. You know, the least little thing you say, they're offended at you. You know, you didn't... You didn't call me by the right pronoun or something, and you know I, I can't figure out what to call you. So, but anyway, just don't get offended, all right? And you know, and and you know what I'm saying. Don't let that get in you. Don't let that get in you, because everybody's offended. I didn't get mine. I didn't get this. I didn't get that, and all that. And and, and you know, it just it just helps you in life if you don't expect anything and are thankful for everything you get. You know what I'm saying? When I don't mean when I say don't expect anything, I'm talking about don't expect anything from people. But be thankful for everything you get, and you'll have a, you know, amen. And then we talked about your words, you know, how bitterness and cursing and so forth is on people's, in people's mouths today. And as Christians, we need to make sure that we don't let that enter into us. Today, I want to talk to you, and I know this isn't like a really, uh, you know, great, sound like a really great thing to talk about, but we need to talk about. I want to talk about a flood of filth. Because we used to say, there's a flood of filth coming. But we don't say that anymore, it's here. And, and listen to me, as a believers, we've got to survive this. We've got to survive this. And we've got to make sure that we don't get taken out by it. And you don't think that's happening, brother, it's happening all over the place. There's Christians all over the place are being taken out by filth. Because they got swept up in the flood. But, but I'm going to talk to you a, a little bit in the time we have today about how to survive this thing. So let's go to 2 Peter chapter, chapter uh, 2. Isn't this wonderful? Praise God. A flood of filth. I remember. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Uh, there, there's a, he's, a, he's in heaven now. There's a preacher from years ago. His name was David Wilkerson. And uh, he pastored Times Time Square Church. And he also was a guy that did the, the, you know, the movie that's crossing the switchblade wrote the book and so forth. Uh, and, uh, you know, he had a vision in 1973 of things that were coming on the earth. And uh, I actually read the book before I was ever a Christian. Matter of fact, I probably read it when I was a young teenager. You know, I just thought, well, I'll read this. and Interesting. And I read it, you know, read it more than once. I even gave it to sinners to read. I was a sinner. And I gave sinners this book by this preacher to read, you know. And uh, I was still ways from getting saved, but I eventually did. Uh, obviously, I'm here. Praise God. Your pastor's saved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
So I let you know because they're not all. All right. But, uh, you know, I, and, in, and in this book, he began to talk about what, was gonna, what he saw, what was going to come on America, you know. It's called The Vision. It's worth reading. It's by David Wilkerson. And uh, he began to talk about things that were going to happen, things that were going to transpire. And, and you're talking about 1974 when the book came out. Um, we, we were far from perfect in this country, but, there was, but we still were a lot more uh, holy than we are now. And uh, so, I, you know, I read these things and I think, man, there's no way this stuff is going to happen. And, and over the years, you know, I just looked at this and, and, and I, read book, I read the book a few years back and I just looked at all the things I could check off. Ma'am, it happened, it happened, it happened, it happened. You know, one of the things he said, you know, things would be on TV and things like, you know, in those days, if, you, know, you, you, you know, Playboy was kept under wraps, undercover, you know. He said, it'll make it where it's on the newsstands. I thought, well, that's not on the newsstands. It's almost in the aisle at Walmart when you're trying to check out. Some of the filth they put up there for our kids to see, it's just, it just flies all over me. But anyway, praise the Lord. we got to survive it. Let's go to 2 Peter. <laughs> I may not get too many amens today. If it's awful quiet in here, I'll cut it short and go to lunch. Praise God. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. The Bible says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but he cast them down to hell, or that literally hell there is Tartarus. It's a, it's a special, unique place in hell. And delivered them into a change of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. I'm not going to teach on this. this. I'd have to take a service to teach on this. But there were a certain group of angels that did a certain thing, and God said, that's enough of that. And verse 5, he spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, he condemned them with an overthrow, uh, making them, now notice this, an example unto those that should live, that after should live ungodly. You know, people, would, people should better, ought to pay attention to this example. God said, I gave you to example, this is what, I'm gonna, this is what happens when you live ungodly. Amen. And, and, you know, and we need to understand that God loves people. And he's, he's, been, he's pretty merciful, have you know that? He's pretty long-suffering. But after a while, if you keep flaunting in his face, then judgment has to come. Amen? You know, and there are some, of, some, of our, some people that teach that God never does anything like that. I'm thinking, I don't know what Bible you read or what Bible school you went to, but you missed some verses. Amen? He doesn't want to. But he said, you know, this, Sodom and Gomorrah was an example to them. They're going to live ungodly. No, you, you, they should, you should look at Sodom and Gomorrah. This is how I feel about this. This is how I deal with this. And verse 7, and he delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day, with their unlawful deeds. Well, I read that scripture because of this. Because I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things vex me today. Amen. They, they bother, they vex me. Um, what, I think some, some translate harassed. But I, I like the word vex. It vexes me some of the things that are going on in America. It vexes me. And, uh, you know, I, I, this isn't my home, but you know what I'm saying? Well, I thought you lived in Nashville. No, I got a home. I got a city. 
I said, I got a city whose builder and maker is God. I'm just a sojourner passing through this land. Amen. My real home's heaven. Praise God. So, but yet living here, like Lot living in Sodom, going now the difference between Lot and that, Lot could have moved. Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah. He was a righteous guy, but he made a really dumb decision there. But we can't go anywhere. It's all over the earth. And so every day we run into this flood of filth. It's there. And if you don't do the right things, it'll, it'll beat you down. It'll, get, it'll, it'll slowly creep into your life. Why is it that we have churches today that are okay with things they weren't okay with 20 years ago? 10 years ago. What changed? Did God's morality change? No. Did the Bible change? Did truth change? What changed? Why is it our society accepts things today that it didn't accept 50 years ago? I know some will answer, well, we got enlightened. You know, like evolution. You know what I'm saying? People talk about how man has evolved. I think he's more he has devolved, if that's a word. It's like two monkeys sitting on a tree, you know. And they saw a, a guy walk by, a human, a man walk by. One of the monkeys said to the other monkey, said, you know, they say they evolved from us. And the other monkey said, man evolved the Henri Cusp, but brother, he didn't evolve from us. He's, he, he's, he's went backwards, not, right? Uh, you know, there, there are people that think that, you know, Adam and Eve were cave people. Adam was light years ahead of us in his understanding. They say today that we only use about 12% of our brain, some people less. Then what's the rest of it for? God put it there because at one time man used it all. Amen. Wow, is right. Hallelujah. But I wanted to read this scripture. I'm, you know, I, I'm gonna, we're going to get into some good stuff here in just a little bit. But not that there's anything wrong with this. But you know, things that will, I'm going to talk to you about how to uh, survive this. Because this flood is coming. And there are people, there are Christians, man, are getting sucked into it, man. I'm telling you, Christians and their morals, are, a lot of them don't have the morals they used to have. And nothing's changed with God. Nothing's changed with the Bible. We've compromised. We've done what Paul said, be not conformed to this world. We've, we've let the world to conform us. Amen. And some Christians, because they don't want to be persecuted you know, they'll lower their standard. How many would rather please God than please people? Yes. You know, when you think about it, you know, as you get older, <laughs> you know, when you're, when, you know when, you're, when, you're, when you're a kid, you think, man, I got forever, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like uh, four years in high school seemed like an eternity. Now you've got a honey-do list that's got stuff on there that's been on there for 14 years, Right? <laughs> I, I've got stuff on my list that's been there longer than four years. I can guarantee you that. I, you, some of you got French fries under your car seat that's been there for longer than four years. 
you get a little older, how I many time changes, doesn't it? And then you start getting a little, you start thinking about eternity. You start thinking about, you know, I'm going to answer to God someday. And I think I'll just answer to Him right now. So when I stand before Him, all He has to say is, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? You begin to change your thinking a little bit. You know, when you're, when you're, in, your, you know, when you're in your teens or you're in your 20s, you think, boy, i got all life ahead of me. And you do in the natural, that's true. But you're going to find out those, 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 that, that clock starts clicking faster and faster and faster and faster. Doesn't it? Just... Amen. Doesn't that thrill you? <laughs> Look what you got to wait, wait for, you know, once you get, you know, uh, Brother Pastor Jerry's age, then, you know, it just zooms by. Kenny's not here. I have to pick on somebody. It's usually Kenny that we pick on for the age thing, but he's not here, so Pastor Jerry. How many understand that the thing that's happening in, in, with Christians today is, is they have, they're being, they're being transformed they're being conformed instead of transformed. Amen. Now I want you to go to John chapter uh, 13. I want to show you something here in the Gospel of John because this is, this is uh, something that uh, there's, a, 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 there's a teaching about that Jesus uh, uh, did uh, with His disciples. I want, to, I want to talk about it. John chapter 13. See, Jesus said, and you notice the Scripture we read there in Peter, it talked about Lot... It talked about Noah. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, that's the way it's going to be in the days of the Son of Man. Well, how I many know we're, we're here, we're there right now. If, if, the, if, if we're not there right now, I, I don't know what, where we're at. I mean, I, it's going to get worse, but it's bad enough now. Now, you say, well, that's a native confession. No, that's a Bible confession. How I many know you can't pray away the Bible prophetic words? You can't believe them away. You can't confess them away. You can't pray them away. If Jesus said it, that's the way it's going to be. Apostle Paul said evil men and seducers will get worse and worse. But he told us, you just continue what you know. You continue where the Word will keep you, praise God. All right, John chapter 13. See, God's already agreeing with it. <laughs> Angels are so happy they're bowling upstairs, praise God. All right, John 13, verse 1. Hallelujah. Don't need your amen the rest of the night. Praise God. The rest of the morning. I'll take it, but I don't need it. God's already given me one. Praise the Lord. Um, that's kind of reaching, isn't it? All right. <laughs> John 13, verse 1. The Bible says, now, there, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved His own, which were in the world, He loved them even unto the end. How I many know He still loves us, doesn't He? And, Jews, and supper being ended, the devil now having put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and, and, and he went to God. I mean, the Father put everything in Jesus' hands and Jesus is about ready to fix it all. He about ready to go to the cross. He, he rises from supper. He rose from supper. He laid aside his garments. He took a towel and he girded himself. And he, he poured water into a basin, you know, uh, and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then, then he came to Peter, and Peter said, Lord, do you intend to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do you know not now, but you will know hereafter. Now I want to stop there just for a moment because I want to say this to you. When you read this, 
incident in, in the life of Jesus, one of the things that Jesus was teaching His disciples was on servanthood, humility. He says, if I'm your master and your Lord, I've washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. That's one of the things that He taught out of this. But there's something deeper here, and you can tell it as we read on that Jesus is teaching something even deeper, a deeper meaning in this. Not that the other meaning wasn't important, but there's something else here. Because he says to Peter, uh, well, back to verse 7, Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do now you, you don't know, but hereafter you're going to know. Peter said unto him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I wash you not, you have no part with me. You're not part of me if I don't wash your feet. I mean, this is something deeper than just physically washing the feet. Right? Simon Peter said unto him, this would be Peter, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. That Peter, right? If that's the case, give me a whole bath. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, He that is washed needs not except to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. You are clean, but not all. What's he saying? Is he talking something physical? One of you guys didn't shower today. I mean, that's not what he's talking about. See the next verse. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore, he said, you're not all clean. Now, what was Jesus saying here? Well, you have to live in his day. You know, in, in their day, you know, you could, you could bathe. You could be totally clean. But then you're going to have to go to the market. You're going to have to go somewhere. What are you going to do? You're going to walk out on dusty trails with sandals on. Your feet are going to get dirty. That's why you'll find in the Bible, you know, Jesus said, you didn't, offer, you didn't wash my feet. You didn't, you know. What would happen? What you would walk and that dirt would get on your feet. And so you'd have, you, you, didn't, need to, you didn't need to bathe over again. You just didn't wash your feet off, get the dirt off your feet. See? Jesus was teaching something here. He was teaching, you know, when you, we, we, through, let's, just, uh, let's just say it like we would say it today, all right, in, in the New Covenant. You're born again. You've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Amen? You're clean. But walking out in the world, your feet get dirty. Stuff gets on there. You can't help it. It's just out there, right? I mean, all you got to do is drive down the street. Some, sometimes the billboards are just, you know, not good. Amen. And so you, you, get, you get your feet dirty. You don't need to be born again. again. <laughs> you need to wash your feet. You need to wash your feet. Well, Jesus, you understand, this is John chapter 13, right? John 13, John 14, John 15, John 16, John 17. Jesus has spent this time with his disciples. He's given them last instructions before he goes. And one of the things he told them, you come over to John 15, and John 15, 3, he said, you guys are clean by the word I spoke to you. So what was Jesus saying? He's saying, you don't, you know, you don't, need, to be, you don't need to be born again, again, but when you walk out into the world, your feet get dirty, and you need to take the scriptures and clean them off. You need to do what the book of Ephesians says, washing of the water by the word. In other words, in, the, in today's society, 
You're going to go out there. You're a born-again person. You're, you're cleansed. You're spiritually good. But your feet are going to get dirty. And so you're going to have to get the dirt off of you. You're going to have to wash yourself with the word of the living God. Hallelujah. And not, not only that, now listen, now here's what I've learned as a pastor. I've learned this. Now, I'm not tooting my horn or any pastor's horn, but I'm just observing to you after 41 years of ministry, what I've learned is saints, you've got to have a good pastor, a good shepherd that will preach the truth to you. <coughs> because most people are, are going to believe their pastor over their Bible. That's just the truth. Why do people get deceived? Why do people go to places and get deceived? Because they believe the man more than they did the Bible. You shouldn't. But I've been in this long enough to know people do. I've watched this. <coughs> you get a, if you get people... If they're just following a man, which they, you know, they should have a pastor in their life. They should follow, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But they ought to have their eye on their Bible. But they don't all. That's why today it's really valuable to have a pastor that still preaches the truth, still preaches about sin, right? Still preaches holiness and live right. Because <clears throat> there are some that don't. And you can end up, you know, falling for that and thinking, well, maybe the Bible isn't all that, you know. Well, you know, maybe the Bible doesn't say much about it. No, the Bible still talks about living right. Keeping yourself clean. Amen. And it's not some kind of bondage, it's a liberty. I don't have, you know, the devil gets a hold of people's, people's lives by sin. And their minds get messed up, you know what I'm saying? And you, you know what I'm saying? J, 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 there, there, there is, I've, I've said this, and I don't, some people have kind of took issue with it maybe. They didn't say anything to me, but. But, you know, you can just kind of tell. There, there is such thing as bad success. See, God told Joshua, if you meditate in the Word, you'll have good success. Well, if there's good success, then there's bad success. Bad success is success that takes you away from the will of God for your life. Amen. If you start to prosper and it pulls you away from the, the, word, the, the will of God, that's bad. That's bad success. It doesn't have to, but, but it can. Amen. <laughs> I always remember, I know I've told you this story many times, but I'd have to lie to make up new stories. I don't think you want me to do that. But I always remember years ago when my first church I was at with, with, with Brother Eddie, who's been here and preached. Uh, he and I prayed for this guy to get a better job. This guy needed a better job. So he wanted us to agree with him. We agreed with him. And God gave him a better job. And he had, he's, he's made good money. And he bought a boat. And all summer long, he was out on the lake on his boat instead of being, with, instead of being in the house of God. Now, how many know that guy couldn't handle prosperity? Now, I'll never forget what Brother Eddie said to me. He said, we, that meant me, I'm this, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's the senior pastor. We are never praying for anybody to get a better job again. Do you hear me? <laughs> so if you got in the prayer line and you ask, we grieve him to get a better job, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> now, I pastor my own church, I can do that if I want to, but I might be, <laughs> or I might, you know, check you out a little bit first. <laughs> Because I learned that guy wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. That's bad success. But God wants us to have good success. Amen. Look at Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30. See, what did David say about it? He said, well, he said, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. That literally means that word taking heed means to hedge yourself in with the word of God. Hedge your path with the word of God. 
Amen. In um, Exodus 30, go there. Exodus chapter 30. And then we'll uh, look at another scripture here in Exodus. And we'll, 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 we'll be done. Exodus chapter 30. My gosh, it's only 24 minutes. What are you trying to get me to quit now? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> Exodus 30. <laughs> Verse 17. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, You shall make a laver, a basin of brass, his foot also of brass, to wash withal. You shall put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. You shall put water in it. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet thereat. Well, you know, see, there we are with that again. You know, uh, maybe they bathe, but they're out doing stuff in the world and their feet get dirty and their hands get dirty. God said, wash that off before you come in to me. When they go into the tabernacle of congregation, they shall wash with water. Notice this. This is real serious. That they die not. How many think you ought to pay attention to that? Or when they come near to the altar to minister to burn offering made by fire unto the Lord. They shall wash their hands and their feet that, that they die not. And now listen to this. Pay attention with it, at this. When the, when the Old Testament says something like this, this means this carries over to the New Testament. This was just a type of something. See, And it shall be a statute forever to them even to him and his seed throughout their generations. See, that's a, that's a signal that this, this carried over in the New Testament. This, there's a spiritual meaning here. And when God's telling them to wash, uh, you know, at this basin, he's simply saying the same thing that Jesus did about washing his, his disciples' feet. Remember, he took, put water in a, Jesus put water in a, a basin, right? God said, put water in a, the, Old Testament, they use the word laver, but it means it's a basin. Put, put water in a basin, wash, lest you die. See, the Bible tells us to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So what is God saying here? Well, there's a spiritual type here that we're supposed to wash the death off of us. You go out in the world... And, and, you, and you pick up death on your feet. Not you, yourself, you're a born-again person. But there's just stuff out there. You get, it gets on you. You got to wash it off. You got to take the Word and wash it off. Amen. Amen. You got to come to the house of the Lord and get, let the pastor wash it off of you or the, whoever's preaching. Let them wash it off of you with the Word of God. Amen. How many know the Word of God? It, it, the, the Word of God is the final authority on everything. I never take what the world says as final authority. I always take what the Word of God says as final authority. I don't, care what the, I don't care what the world says. I want to find out what God said about it. Amen. You know, for instance, a lot of the things that, that people, that we're spending billions of dollars on, billions of dollars, millions and billions and trillions of dollars on trying to solve, it's just a joke. It's not even real. How do I know? Because I already know what the Bible says about it. Amen? Well, I could tell you a lot of things. The Bible, knew, the, how many you know the Bible, the Bible it, it's got the answers to everything in life. Right here in this book. Amen. So, you know, there, you know when I was growing up in the, in the 60s, 70s, you know, like I've told you before, they, they used to talk about how there was a coming ice age. We were all going to freeze to death, you know. Amen. Come on, anybody old enough remember that? Sure. That's what they were telling us back then. And people swallowed it back then like they're swallowing we're all going to burn up. You know, 
And, and even in those days, they said, they said that California was going to fall off from the ocean. <laughs> I'm not repeating what somebody said. This is live stream. We love our friends and family in California. Hallelujah. I got pastor friends in California. No, they said they were going to, it was going to fall off. It was like buy, 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 buy property on the Arizona line because you have beachfront property then. People, people are so gullible. You know, they bring on these experts, you know. Suppose experts. Amen. But the truth of the matter is when you read the Bible and you find out what it's going to be like when Jesus comes, he said they'll be marrying, they'll be giving in marriage, they'll be buying, they'll be selling, they'll just be living really immoral. But they'll still be carrying out life like normal. Right? He doesn't say, you know, Jesus come back with, you know, Jesus had, it was so hot on the earth, Jesus had to come back with sun, sunglasses and sun, sunscreen on. When he came, put his foot on the Mount of Olives, he put sunscreen on. Oh, it's hot down here. No, how many of it's just a bunch of bull? Well, you're quiet, but it's just a bunch of bull. The truth of the matter is, is man is not God and uh, he doesn't have the wherewithal to destroy God's earth. Well, he could kill everybody on it, but Hagar's still here. <laughs> Amen. That's not even going to happen. Are you listening now? You know, I, I remember, you know, that, that you'll remember this. There was a group uh, from our area that were hiding in a cave because the end of the world was coming. And they had all their beanie weenies and spam and living in a cave, you know. It was like spiritual group, man. It's supposed to be a church group. So. Is that what Jesus said? I'm coming back, go hide. No, he said, go preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. He said, lift up your heads. Your redemption draweth nigh. He said to rejoice. Why? Because I'm coming back. Not go hide in a cave and eat beanie weenies and spam. One of those little sausages that'll about half kill you if you don't watch it. Vienna sausages. Yeah, I, know, I heard a preacher tell, remember that story? He told a preacher, he, he ate them, they were past date, and he ate them, and they made him sick. He said, man, I thought this was the end of me. He said, I put my pajamas on, went and laid in bed, and laid my hands like that. I go. Those things will kill you when, you're, when they're not at past date. But anyway. <laughs> what is Paul talking about here? Well, he, or the, not Paul. <laughs> The scripture in Exodus is talking about. It's talking about this. It's talking about we got to keep our minds renewed. See, I used to years ago think, you know, the renewing of your mind. Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. I thought that's something you got done. But I found out it's not something you got to keep doing. Because just because your mind's renewed about a subject doesn't mean it can't be changed again. People change their minds, don't they? Man, sometimes we're trying to figure out where we're going to eat at and change our minds. I don't know how many times. And I'm learning not to do that stupid trick of going to the restaurant. And they said, it's 30-minute wait. And I said, I'm not waiting. And so I spend 40 minutes to find another restaurant. I've learned. I've got to stop doing that. But my point in saying that is, see, the, the Bible talks about the renewing of the mind. See, it talks about being transformed. Listen to that. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? See, uh, God told Joshua... He's, when he was getting ready to go into the promised land, he said, meditate on the word day and night. 
Meditating on day and night. Why? Because Joshua needed his mind renewed before he went in there to where the giants were at. Or the giants would renew his mind. They would conform his mind. See, what am I saying? See, we got giants we're facing today. All kinds of immoral giants that the world is trying to tell us, you've got to accept this, you've got to accept that, you've got to put up with this, you've got to be a part of this. No, I don't have to be a part of anything. Amen. Except what God said. Is that right? I don't have to, I don't have to yield to you or anybody. I've got, I, I got to yield to my Father. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like Peter. I'm going to obey God rather than men. You don't like it, you'll just have to figure out a way around me because it's not happening. And I've learned that there's a group of us in the church, you're not going to change our minds about a thing. And I'll tell you why. Because our minds are renewed to the Word of God. We've been transformed. We're living blessed, happy lives. It's like one guy said one time, he said, if I found out that Jesus wasn't alive and none of this was real, I still live this way because I'm blessed. The reason we're blessed is because God's helping us. Just like he helped Miss Linda this morning. You come to the end of it, how many know he can step in? Well, I'm just saying to you, see, we got those giants, see, they'll renew your mind. If you don't, if you don't, they'll conform you. I want to say it that way. It's the word that renews your mind. But those, those giants will conform you out there. They'll start pushing at you. You've got to keep your mind renewed by the word. Amen? Come on, you, you got, give me just a few more minutes here. Let's go over in Exodus. We're in Exodus. But let's go to the 34th chapter. One of the saddest scriptures in the New Testament is where Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. I'm thinking, how could you leave the Apostle Paul? Well, he didn't keep his mind renewed. How many know that? He loved the present world. So it's, it's not a matter of how good a preaching you're getting. It's what you're doing with it. Right? I don't think, I don't think Demas could have found any better preaching than Paul. I mean, you know, Paul said, you know, they, they say I'm not a great speaker, but, but he had a revelation from God, right? Amen. Now, in, in uh, Exodus chapter 34, go to verse 29. I want to read a few verses right here. Besides, <clears throat> you can't get out right now. You know why you're going to your car out in that. It's raining now. <clears throat> Exodus 34, verse 29. It came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount that Moses wist not or he did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. Moses was glowing. He didn't realize being up there with God, getting the word from God caused him to glow. Amen. Verse 30, when Moses, when, excuse me, when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, when, when, all, when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. And Moses called unto them and to Aaron and to the rulers of the congregation, and they returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. In other words, when they saw Moses glowing, they booked. They, they, they boogied. Moses had to call them back. Get back here. That's some glory on you, isn't it? Verse 32, And afterward all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken unto him in Mount Sinai. Till Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. They were afraid of this. <clears throat> And when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off 
until he came out. When he would go into that tent of meeting to speak with God, he'd take the veil off and talk to God. When he came out, he spoke with the children of Israel that which was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, and Moses put a veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him. <laughs> Man, this is something else. I mean, like, get in on some of this. I mean, Moses goes and talks to God. He starts glowing. He comes out. He puts a veil on because people are going to boogie and run from him. It's like, why? Woo! Wow! But did you know the Apostle Paul talked about this? And I want to read that scripture, and we'll... We'll probably close right here. But the Apostle Paul talked about this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Go there. He talked about this, I should say incident, not verse, but he talked about this incident in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 7, it says, But if, if the ministration of death, talking about the Old Covenant, written engraved in stones, was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of, the count, of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How, how shall not the, the administration of the Spirit, this new covenant, be rather glorious? In other words, he's saying, the glory that Moses had is nothing compared to the new covenant glory. Jump down to verse 18. But we all... Paul's a good southern boy, wasn't he? But we all, with open or unveiled face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror the glory of the Lord. Well, what, what, how are we beholding the glory? By looking into the new covenant. Your Bible. We are changed. It's the same word Paul used in Romans 12, 2, transformed. We are transformed in that same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Paul is simply saying, like, when Moses would go talk with God and his, his countenance would glow, he said, when we go into the new covenant and behold the new covenant, we start to glow. We may not be glowing on the outside, but we're glowing on the inside. Man, I know that feeling. And what it does is it changes us. From one level of glory to the next level of glory. <clears throat> now let's look at one final scripture. Ephesians chapter 5. So what are we supposed to do? How, how, how are we supposed to survive this flood of filth? Well, you need to make sure that you're washing yourself with the Word of God on a regular basis. Amen. And part of that, Paul said... Or, yeah, Paul said, God, when Jesus was ascended up on high, He gave gifts unto men. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come unto the knowledge of the Son of God. Amen? Until we, 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 we all come to the full knowledge of the Son of God. See, what, what, what does he say? Well, God, not only do you get your feet washed when you're reading the Word, but you get your feet washed when you come to the house of the Lord. And I'm wondering, that's real vital. I'm telling you, people that people don't understand, God didn't give you, didn't give these gifts for us not to partake of them. Amen. And so it's real important to be in the house of God, get your feet washed. Amen. And I might add, you, you better find your place that still preaches the book. Well, how would I know? You'll have to read the book. <laughs> You have to read it. Amen. 
Well, I'm a new Christian. Where do I start at? Well, how start in the New Testament? Nothing wrong with the Old Testament. You need to go back and read it. But, you know, I think you'd be better served if you're a new believer. Go to the New Testament. Start reading the New Testament because that's what belongs to you in Christ. Amen. He said, well, I, I want to read over in Leviticus where you put this peg here and that peg here. and You're going to get, you're going to get buried doing that. Wait till you grow a little bit. Go back and read some. Because there's, you know, there's, I mean, you know, in the Old Testament, there, there's pictures of Christ through all, through every book. It's in every book. But you got to get a little bit more mature, older to see that. Right? So start with the New Testament, especially the, what we call the epistles. Those are the letters that Paul wrote to the church and John. and All the Bible is important. I'm not belittling any of it. I'm just saying if you're starting out, find out what belongs to you in the New Covenant first. Amen. And then go have a good time discovering all the rest of it. Amen. Hallelujah. I like to, I like to see the finished product. How about you? You know, if I buy something that you got to put together, I don't want to read the instructions. I want a picture on the box. Put a dumb picture on the box. Then I'll know how to do this. Let's skip all the other. Let's get, let's get the thing built. And then after it doesn't work, I'll read the instructions. Well, let's at least partly get it together. Are you in Ephesians? Yes. Verse chapter 5. Verse uh, 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. And all the women said, Amen. well, hang on. Verse 20. 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. All right. All right. Praise God. Let's go back. Husbands, love your wives. I don't like to read that verse without reading that other one. Husbands, love your wives, <laughs> even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. How many know if, if a man does that, I don't think he's going to have too much marriage problems? Right? Why? That he might sanctify and cleanse it with what? The washing of the water by the word. How's Jesus going to clean the church up? See, we're first of all cleansed. We're born again by the blood. But then the, 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 some things have to be cleaned out, right, of their flesh, right? Now, this is what he said would happen. Verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. A what? A glorious church? A church full of? The glory, right? See, that's what Paul said. We go from glory to glory as we behold this new covenant. It lines up with Ephesians chapter 5, right? It's all, it all works together. It's, it, how are we going to survive the flood of filth? We're going to have to keep ourselves washed with the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, well, how do I know what's true and what's, what's not true? Well, I'll tell you one thing you need to understand this. The things that we've been preaching for 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, 85, 95, 110 years, they're still the same. You understand? God hasn't changed. What was wrong back in the 1800s is still wrong today. Well, society evolves. No, society devolved. God's Word doesn't change. Amen. So if they just stick with the Word of God and what we know to be the truth. It's like a Supreme Court justice said one time, they asked him about, you know, a certain thing that they were voting on. He said, well, if it was wrong 200 years ago, what would make it right today? I'm like, well, that's the truth. If it's wrong that, you know, what changed? 
it has to be people's minds, they got, they got conformed instead of transformed. And we need a transformation. Amen. And you need to keep your mind renewed. Are you listening now? See, I know people today that, you know, they believe things. Ten years ago, they don't believe it today. Why? Because life knocked it out of them. They let life conform them. Well, I used to believe in healing, but Uncle Fred didn't get healed. Well, I don't know why Uncle Fred didn't get healed. A lot of people don't get healed, but that doesn't change God's word. Well, I tell you what, I pray for people. I preach healing and people didn't get healed. Well, well guess what, man? I preach salvation and people didn't get saved. But God's still saving people. That's between Him and them. Never change the word for your experience. Always change, your, always change yourself by the word of God. Amen? So a flood of filth is, you know, probably when I preached this the first time, I probably said the flood of filth is coming. And I can't say that now. It's already here. Right here, right now. It's going to get worse, you know. But guess what? We can, we can survive it. We can survive. I'm going to meddling right now. Give me five minutes to meddle. How many of you know you need to watch what... See, David said, I set no wicked thing before my eyes. You need to watch what you put before your eyes. We need to make sure that we, you know, we don't set things that... we. Why poison? Why poison? You know, like in the Old Testament, it talks about the, the, there's there's poison in the pot. <laughs> well, somebody put poison in the pot. Don't poison your own pot. Don't put stuff in there. Amen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I'm hearing Christians. I don't understand. Years ago, we knew you don't say you don't say curse words out your mouth. Well, you're just clothesline preaching. Well, all right, put some clothes on. We'll take the line down. You know, but people don't know these things if you don't say it. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. You know, I hear Christians, you know, and they're just blankety blank blank. I'm not their judge, but I can tell you what the Word says. It doesn't allow me to do that. Amen. Doesn't allow me to lie. Amen. And so forth. And so on. You get it? You got to stick with the Word. Amen. Did you get something today? Yeah. All right, we have to survive this. We're going to survive the end times. How many are going to survive the end times? Yeah. How many are not only going to survive, you're going to thrive? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're not only surviving, but we're thriving. Yeah. Amen. We're going to, you know, I, I personally believe, this is, this is my belief, when the Lord said He's coming after glorious church, I believe, personal opinion, I think it's scriptural, I think the church is going to be in the best shape it's ever been when Jesus sets his feet on, to, when, when he comes in the clouds to get us. Amen. It's going to be a glorious church, just like he said. Amen. Now, what does, that, what does that mean? Well, it, you know, <clears throat> I've said this before, and it's the truth. You have done many, many weddings over the, over the years, you know, a lot of them, you know. I've done, you know, you know hundreds maybe. And um, you do, a, you always rehearse, you know, before normally. You do, anyway, you rehearse before the wedding, you come and, Make sure everybody walks in at the right time and walks to their places. And, you know, it's like people know how to walk. I don't know why we have to do this. But anyway, we do. But, uh, you know, so I've noticed, you know, that I'm there with this man and his bride-to-be. And, and we're there, you know, and then I see her on the day of the wedding. 
And I'm thinking, he done gone, got him another woman. This ain't the same woman was here yesterday. Because how many know she wants to look her very best on the day of her wedding? Right? That's why they take pictures. Because that's the last of it. And <laughs> unless you think I'm just picking on women, you better take a picture of the guy too because, yeah, his six-pack will become a keg eventually. It's like Dr. Barkley said one time, he said, see all this under here? That was my forehead years ago. <laughs> so you take pictures, you know what I'm saying? It's like, man, this is as good as it gets. But how many know that that bride wants to look her best? You know what I'm saying? A guy, you can't do, you can't improve a guy much. I mean, he is what he is. Pretty much. You can comb his hair if he has any. But you know, I I I look the same this right now as I did when I got out of bed. Except I got different clothes on. My hair is still in the same place it was then. But my point is, is that that. That lady wants to look, that bride wants to look her very best on the wedding day. And I believe that's, that's the way the church is going to be. Amen. You say, well, I just don't see that. Well, I know it's hard to see sometimes, but I'm telling you, we're not talking about everybody calls themselves the church. We're talking about the true remnant church. See what Jesus tells some of the churches in Revelation? He said, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to move your candlestick from, from its place. That doesn't mean they would, still wouldn't have a, a glass and steeple. And people. It just meant, as far as he's concerned, they're not a church any longer. They're just a gathering of people. But there are some true, there are true churches, amen, in our city, throughout America, that love God. We may not agree on everything, but we can agree on this. We love Jesus Christ. He's our Lord and Savior. And, and we want to live right for Him, amen? You know what I'm saying? See, used to, I, I used to, I used to, you know, check, you know, you check out a preacher. Is he okay? You say, does he preach faith? Does he preach healing? Does he preach, you know, all those things? I still do that, but now I check, does he preach real and right? That's the first thing I check out. Because if you preach living right and the new birth, we can get along, brother. Amen. If you don't want to be healed, fine. I'll send flowers to your funeral. <laughs> Amen. You don't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak with other times? Fine. You can have a dry prayer life if you want. I don't mean that mean, but I'm just saying, you know, if you don't want that blessing, that's fine. God still loves you. You're still going to heaven. No problem. You know, I, don't, I just, don't, I just, I just don't, uh, I don't believe in all that. That's fine. You're still, as long as you believe in Jesus, as long as you believe in the new birth, as long as you believe in the blood, as long as you believe in living right, then we're good. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.